It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on this edition of Locked On Wizards, it is Friday and we've got part two with Andrew Salop back on the show. Former professional basketball player and host of Combo's Court podcast is back again as we are now breaking down the teams and players and what we saw in the NBA restart leading up to our champions, the Los Angeles Lakers. Getting into that and more right here on Locked on Wizards. You are Locked on Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Locked on Wizards. I'm your host, Renee Washington, and we have had quite a season, the longest basketball season with the NBA paused for four and a half months around COVID. We've got Andrew Salop, former professional basketball player who played for a decade of pro ball, and then also the host of Combos Court podcast back on the show for day two, right here on Locked on Wizards. Now, yesterday with Andrew, we were discussing the head coaches carousel going on across the NBA. And since that show was released, news did break. Ty Lue named head coach of the Los Angeles Clippers. He has signed a five-year deal in that role. We still have the Pelicans, Rockets, Thunder, and the Pacers searching for head coaches. I'm sure we will be hearing more updates around those positions and eventually leading to who will be named as head coach. Well, we're going to break down Ty Lue joining the Clippers next week in our Monday edition because today with Andrew Salop, we've got to talk around the teams and the players in terms of what we saw in the restart, specifically looking at the playoffs. Big-time players stepping up and some that did not. You know, I was not sold on the Bucks, and I was not sold on the Clippers, and I can openly admit that, and I've been saying that from day one. This is not me. Well, it's good when you have a podcast, Renee, because it's it's all documented. It's all documented. And my thing was, I felt like with the Bucks, with Giannis, the biggest thing was they were very predictable. And when I saw them against the Magic in that first round, that was when it solidified, like, no, this team is is very beatable. Because the Magic got one win over them, you know, and it it just seems to me the way that they were able to match up with them, I was like, oh, how are they going to beat a top team? And then looking forward, how are they going to beat whoever comes out of the West? They're very predictable. You knew what you're you knew what you're gonna get from them. They don't have enough pieces around Giannis still. It's the same thing we've seen every year. And then Giannis, as much as he's the prince and people are ready to throw him as the best in the league, I know he's back to back MVP and everything. At the end of the day, he's not the best player in the league. And no. he's not able to turn to turn it on and take over games the way that like LeBron is still able to do at his age. So I was yeah. not sold on them and I was definitely not sold on the Clippers either. Yeah, it's, with Giannis, it, yeah, with Giannis, it's a skill thing more than a will thing. He really likes to score going downhill on at one level. He really doesn't have a mid-range game yet. Obviously, he can't shoot the three yet, and he can't even score in that second box area 
which is kind of like a layup, but not all the way at the basket. Right. So it's his, his vision isn't elite, but his will is there. I mean, he wants to be the greatest and uh, hopefully he could improve on those things and come back better next year. Yeah. I think with him, it is a matter of the fact that people see his size, his mobility, he's developing, you know, his, his yes. game from the perimeter and even his mid range game is getting better, but he's still not there yet. It's like I even look at someone like Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler's game is, is getting there. Jimmy Butler, when he was with the Sixers and definitely when he was with Minnesota, with Chicago, we were still seeing a developing Jimmy Butler, but he has the ability to get buckets any way necessary and any way needed. Giannis still isn't there yet. He still has to fine tune his um, ability to just be a lockdown scorer. And then on top of that, of course, he's got the defensive side, but without having pieces around you, you've got to be able to, to find ways to get it done offensively now for the Clippers I definitely was not sold on them at at all I was openly saying from the beginning on paper this is a very good team but how many times have we seen in sports on paper the better team does not always win it's a matter of how you come together as a team and I remember during the early points of the seeding games watching Doc Rivers trying to urge them to do the little things right and that to me was a sign that wait a minute especially once they got into the playoffs. And I know there was a play he was telling Mantra's hair, like, you got to get back on defense. You got to run the floor. And my thought process as a competitor is if you're in the playoffs and you're a team that's projected to potentially win it all, why does your coach have to tell you to do things like run the floor, to hustle, to do those little things? You should already be doing that because you should already know that if I'm trying to win a championship, every play, every little detail, you know, I've got to be on it. So I just, to me, that was a sign of the fact that not only were they put on a pedestal and given that um, unnecessary title that they hadn't earned yet, but also they weren't ready to earn it because they didn't have, they didn't have that championship mentality that we see in players looking at the Lakers specifically, Rondo, I'm not even going to talk about LeBron specifically, but Rondo, um, I'll say KCP, even Dwight, players that are older, more veterans that are understanding that, you know what, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win a, a title at all costs. I want to do whatever it takes to win a ring, whether it's being the biggest cheerleader on the bench or coming off the bench, whatever I have, to, I have to do to help my team win. So I never was sold on the Clippers. And actually, I think this is it for them. I don't think next year is going to be their year either. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think the Lakers are going to get even better. Uh, maybe they'll make some moves in uh, free agency, but I'm with you. I never thought the Clippers would be better. I mean, we're the better team. I always thought the Lakers are going to win the championship. Uh, the Lakers, obviously, as you said, better chemistry. And then there was a lot of reports that the Clippers didn't even want to be there. Like, that's what that's, that's how they played, too, honestly, at times. Yeah, yeah. That's what it felt like. So, man, it's uh, it's kind of what I thought would happen. But I did think the Clippers were going to play better than they did uh, in that Denver series. Like, I thought they were going to win. I thought they were going to beat Denver. But, uh, you know. Yeah, you know, I definitely thought it was going to be the Lakers that we were going to see them get fully exposed, but it was Denver, obviously, um, and I, it just speaks to the fact that they were so focused, in my opinion, on the Lakers that they took Denver for granted. I mean, up 3-1, yeah. there's no reason why you should not be able to close out that, that series, and then there's no reason why you should have so many offensive blunders, and something I've been saying, uh, and, and definitely it proved was proven once the news broke that Doc Rivers was uh, parting ways with the with uh, the Clippers. Excuse me. 
that Kawhi Leonard is not what we think he is. <laughs> like I look when you look back over the three teams between his exit with the Spurs and the stuff that came out around him and Pop, the Raptors and the, what came out around him wanting Pascal Siakam moved, and then the Clippers allegedly he was a, a driving force behind this disagreement between Doc. Um, that led to Doc moving. And then essentially what I noticed, because this is all reported, I don't know what's true and what's not true. I wasn't in the conversations. But what I do know is about Kawhi that I didn't like, when your team's up 3-1 and you are in the playoffs, you're a champion. You know what it takes to win. Why are you not, as the leader of this team, I don't care how quiet you are, why are you not urging your team, come on, let's go? Why are you not getting them going? He was never the voice. He was never the leader. He never stepped up for the team in the way that was needed. It was almost a selfish play of Paul George isn't playing well. All right, it doesn't matter. I'm getting my points. Or Lou Williams isn't doing what he's supposed to do. Or Montrezl Harrell's not doing what he's supposed to do. I didn't see him doing like we saw Udonis Haslam, who's not even playing for the Heat, the voice he was for the Heat. Andre Godala, the voice he was. Of course, a player like LeBron James is the driving factor, but I'll even say Rondo is a big voice for the Lakers. You know, those veterans that have been even, even Jack, even Jared Dudley, even Jared Dudley. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Even so we've, it's not even just the superstars, quote unquote, any leader, right. any veterans, anybody that's been in the league long enough, come playoff time, you see them being the voice behind their team. And I didn't think, Kawhi did a, a good job of that at all. And I was actually very, um, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like, wait a minute, you call yourself, you're one of the best in the league and you can't even step up and speak to your teammates. Like, let's go. Like we got to win. Yeah. It's, it's a game seven. At least you should have seen him come out of that shell. Nothing. We never saw him tur- turn into the leader that he should be. Yeah, I'm with you. And LeBron does all the little things on the court. I think he's a better player than Kawhi on the court. But on top of that, off the court, you know, he gets the team hanging together. He gets everybody on the same page, even has them going. uh, This sounds small, but all this stuff adds up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Parties together, you know, all that chemistry, it really does matter. I mean, it's not a necessity to win with all that stuff, but it definitely helps, you know, when you got when everybody's getting along. Right. It only helps. It only helps to be able to have everybody on the same page. And, and honestly, something that, you know, from being an athlete and I know is it also just helps to show that the superstars do care for about you. Like when you have your best player, that's ready to go to bat for you. And it has nothing to do with even them specifically, whether it's um, supporting you, you know, noticing that you're, you're messing up and trying to get and talking to you even something like making sure you're, you've got everything off the floor taken care of uh, financially, your contracts, all that stuff. Like when you have a play, the best player on your team, and definitely if they're a best player in the league, or in this case, like LeBron is one of the best players of all time, that is going yes. out of their way to show you they care. You're going to now have much more respect for them and wanting to, to do what you can for them on the floor. And, a, another, yeah. and that's something that's I definitely noticed was it's like, to me, the Clippers were so disconnected because they were selfish at times. It was yeah. there, there was nobody bringing them together. And that's why I, I was frustrated by the move by Doc. But I think it's actually going to be better for him to be in Philly anyways. Because it was like, it's not, it's not his fault. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George alone, just looking at their numbers specifically, what, are they, what the heck are they doing? I mean, it's the playoffs. And you're, you're every other game non-existent. Lou Williams with the going off to, to get wings. I mean, all this foolishness is just 
it's it's ridiculous. These aren't rookies. These are supposed to be veterans. These are these are supposed to be all stars, six men of the year, and you're still having to tell them the little things. That's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. To all your points, no one could uplift an organization and a franchise like LeBron can in, in the history of the NBA. Nobody. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. You're right about that. So coming up, we continue breaking down the NBA restart, looking at the conclusion of the season, specifically the playoffs, players that stepped up, players that did not, and comparing some guys from around the league. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Andrew Stallop, former professional basketball player and host of Combo's Court podcast on the show today as we are taking a look at the NBA and looking at the playoffs specifically, individual performances, team performances, and comparing some players. Andrew's back for part two of Locked on Wizards today as we had him on the show yesterday as we are looking and taking a deeper dive into the playoffs. So, you know, I do actually want to talk about one team we haven't even spoken about, um, the Celtics. And looking at their their loss to the Heat, and honestly, even the seven-game series that they won over the Raptors, I feel as though the Celtics, for as good and young as they are, something they're really lacking is that leadership. I know that's a big thing we've been talking about. But come playoff time, you know, you do need someone – and it doesn't even have to be someone on the floor. Brad Stevens is a great coach. doesn't even have to be a starter. You know, it could be a Udonis Haslam type personality that's off the bench um, yelling and talking to them at timeouts and things like that. But it, I just felt as though in both of those series specifically, you didn't see anybody pulling them together. The body language started to change. They didn't really know what to do. They got disconnected. And there's going to be times in the playoffs when you have lulls where you can't score or the other team is, is going on a run whatever it may be, and you need to figure out a way to get back on track. You know, do you, what do you think for the Celtics looking back at, at their season? What do you think based on what you saw about them and, and their, them falling short of even getting to the NBA championship? Well, a, a big thing for them, or the big reason why they lost is because they had nothing for Bam. I mean, Tice is great, but that was mm-hmm. a huge mismatch for them. Another thing was that Kemba didn't seem 100%. I think he was like 80%. He wasn't moving the same. And I, and I mean, Jason Tatum is a great player, but it, it was kind of like the Giannis thing all over again when people are started saying he's a superstar and an MVP candidate. There's levels to this, and you got you to gotta let players grow. And uh, I think sometimes we give some of these players a little bit too much. Uh, it, like, it, he, he's not there yet to have that type of team and, and, and drag them all the way to a title like a LeBron can, you know? I mean, I don't even want to compare him to LeBron, but people were calling him a superstar. They did the same, like with Giannis, they were saying he's the best player in the league. I feel like everything comes out in the playoffs and it showed, but he is a great player. 
But the Bam thing was too much. You know, that was a bad matchup for them. And uh, Kemba didn't seem 100%. So, and, and you're right, leadership. There was a lack of leadership. I agree 100%. Yeah, they definitely, definitely were missing um, the presence in the, in the paint around, yeah. around Bam. You Bam know, looked like he was time. playing like, Bam looked like he was, it was almost like AD versus the Heat. Like not, not, <laughs> not no seriously yeah not to that not to that level because AD is a higher level player but it it like it's like nobody's there sometimes you know when, when it was that's how it was yeah yeah that is that is a a great comparison I mean they just had no answers and I think it yep. it actually goes back to the fact that we have been well two points is one that I feel like we're so quick to write the league off as being a, a small league where it's you know a shooting league which it is it absolutely is. But it's still a big man's shooting league. Like versatility, you like you size. said, versatility. versatility. Like you said. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And the Lakers were the most versatile because mm-hmm. they could play small, but they're still actually big. You know, with the four or five of AD and LeBron, it's a crazy luxury to have. Yeah, and that's something that even helped the Nuggets be successful with the Joker. I mean, Nikola Jokic is a is a true big, but he also is versatile. And they have they had yeah. uh, Jeremy Grant. They had a number of guys that are. Paul Paul Millsap as well that have size but can play out on the perimeter too can see the floor can make great passes can run the floor you know so I think it also was just kind of the reminder that yes it is a shooter's league and you do need to have a, a, a wide variety of knockdown shooters like we see with a Tyler Hero and and what yeah. he actually were able to utilize to be successful and Hero, Drogic, Robinson alongside Butler but you still need to have some bigs and even it's ironic because the Heat actually with Bam were able to take it to the Celtics but then with a had still had no answers for AD so they still weren't even big enough and the best teams are the ones that had that versatility to be able to play and, and do both so great point there and then also to the leadership I do one think thing Renee who, who do you think's better on offense Jokic or AD oh that's tough right that is that is tough because you know what AD and the- just offense. We're talking just offense because we yes. know defense. So we I, know defense. Yeah, who we got. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> um, the one, the one reason why I would say Jokic is because of the fact that he's more consistent. I still think that AD now this was his first year with the Lakers. And I think it was a year, a big year of growth for him. I think he has more potential offensively. So I think moving forward, he will be better than, than Nikola Jokic. But I think based on what I saw in the playoffs, especially, you know, he, he struggled a lot of games. He doesn't always play aggressive. So I think it's, it's because of what he doesn't do. I think he's got more talent, although Jokic makes some great passes, but he's got more talent, but I think that the Joker plays more consistently. Yeah. So I think think right now I'd say the Joker, but I think overall AD. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, AD has more off-ball value. Like, he's a great fit for LeBron, but with somebody with the basketball in their hands, the vision, and, and Jokic is a three-level score and kind of could create things out of nothing. I think Jokic has a slight edge as well. But like, AD if is... You, if you switch them, for example, if you switch oh, them... Oh, he's not... Jokic is not a good as a fit for LeBron as AD. No, is. no. And and AD yeah. wouldn't be... Although, no. actually, him and Jamal Murray would be kind of cool to watch. It, it would be cool to watch, <laughs> but, but I think Jokic is the better fit there because, you know, it's like kind of... Jamal Murray takes half of the point guard role and 
Yeah, they and Jokic takes half better. of the point guard role. I don't know if AD could do that, you know. So yeah, I just think I, they're both AD, a great fit. Both duos are a great fit, you know. They are a good fit. They are a good fit. Yeah. Switching yeah. wouldn't make sense either. But I, what I, the point I was going to make is because of the fact, like I think if you switch them, looking at AD with Jamal Murray or or just AD with a younger player, I should say, is what I'm trying to get at. We don't see the same AD because he is not always aggressive, and that at times he was honestly. You, if you watched and you look back at it, off ball, he was standing, he was playing hesitant, you know, then we saw times where he was attacking the basket, you know, where they were able to find him for lobs or, or, or able to, you know, kick the ball out to him. You saw he had a little more pep in his step. So for, for that reason, in, in a situation where he doesn't have a veteran leader urging him and, and pulling him along, Right. We don't get this AD that we saw consistent, you know, as much as we did. And I that's where right. I was even saying prior to game three, when AD had a, a very bad game um, and even game five, when the conversation around finals MVP was coming up, I kept saying it's LeBron because AD is not playing, would not be playing as well as he is without LeBron, but without AD, we'd still get the same LeBron. If that makes sense. Yeah, the only so, reason the only reason somebody wouldn't vote for LeBron is voters fatigue. I mean, he is the MVP. He is the most valuable. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. So that's a good question though. Actually. I like that. I, I do think that AD has a wider uh, amount of potential because I don't think we've fully even seen as crazy as it is. I still don't think we've seen the best of AD yet. I agree. I think, I agree. I think he could he add some three point shooting. He, he could do some different yeah, stuff. Go ahead. Yeah. He could add some three point shooting and he could, uh, you know, I think um, ISO scoring could get even better for him. You know, mm-hmm. He's good at it, but he's not elite at it yet. Agreed. Agreed. And I do think that what we're going to see now is, first of all, his health was a big, has always been a big issue. We still saw him getting nicked up and, and, and some injuries throughout the course of the season. But I think even playing alongside someone like LeBron, and I, and I, I will say Rondo, because him and Rondo have a great relationship as well. You know, they're yeah. very great at, at helping you the little do the little things like managing your body staying healthy doing all so I think this year will be great to get his health in order and learn how to be a healthy player that can go the distance but then also helping him to be more aggressive and develop the weaknesses of his game so that's why I say he does have in my opinion bigger potential because I think Jokic what we see from Jokic is what we're going to continue to see which you know what you're going to get from him he's very consistent you know we know what we're going to get from him I don't see anything drastic changing from this year to next year to the following year. I think we're going to continue to see him be that versatile player, that big, that can run the floor, that can see the ball, that does a great job of drawing defenders and being able to know which passes to make, getting to the basket, knocking down shots. But I think AD has much a a bigger range. That's a great question, actually. I think you're right, Renee. I think you're right. It's interesting. The question was, will uh, Jokic's loss of weight hurt his game or help his game? And I think it definitely (laughs) helped his game. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely. think so. I think so. Uh, so that's, now you've got me thinking. I forget where, that, where I was even going. You know, I'm a, I'm a host, Renee, so I, I guess I put you in the, in the Yeah, you, were, you put yourself back in the host spot. I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, but no, I, I do think that a big part of what we're seeing comes down to leadership. So looking at, you know, the different teams and, and the separating factor, we saw leadership, but then versatility, that's something that definitely plays a big part in all of this. And I know we haven't even had a chance to talk about the Wizards as we've been talking about different teams. I do want to get your thoughts on them. So coming up, we've got to get into the Wizards. Looking back on their season, looking ahead to next season, 
and breaking down our thoughts on Bradley Beal, John Wall, and the Wizards. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Renee Washington here, joined by Andrew Salop, former professional basketball player, host of Combos Court Podcast. We have had you on for two episodes now, and we've got to finish talking around the Wizards as we're looking to see if they're able to bring back a healthy John Wall, a healthy Bradley Beal, a lot up in the air right now because we just don't know how they're going to come together. But having had a chance to see them in the restart, and now I know, as you and I talked about earlier this week, seeing John Wall back playing five on five, looking good, Bradley Beal working back. You know, what are your thoughts on uh, the Wizards recapping their, what we've seen these last few months and looking ahead? It's interesting because as I've, as I've said that I'm not as high on Giannis as everybody else, that I'm not as high on Jason Tatum as everybody else. I'm higher on John Wall than many other mm. people. I think he's, you know, he was always an elite athlete. I think we know that, but I think what often isn't talked about enough is how high his basketball IQ is. And, you know, we're in 2020. People recover pretty well these days. I think he'll be good, and I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. Bradley Beal is Bradley Beal. We know what he's going to do. As you said on your podcast, because I tune in, you know, Renee, I tune in. <laughs> thank uh, you, thank he he should have been, been an all-NBA player this year. So it is what it is with those two guys leading the way. Um, I think it'll be great for them. We'll see what they need in free agency. And we talked about a little bit on that podcast, me and you, so – Go tune into Combo's Court if you want to hear that conversation. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> <yes>. uh, <laughs> you gave some great insight on that. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to go well for them. Uh, I'm a big proponent of John Wall's game. And Bradley Bill, everybody knows what he could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think that it's a shame Bradley Bill still isn't getting the respect that he deserves and yeah. um, still has to sh- – prove himself but I you know I do think it's a team also, sport you know you can't you can't fault him for, uh, you can't you can't, you him, can't but something you know? like all NBA and even an all-star yeah it comes down to you and that's the thing that that drives me insane is the fact that everybody's argument and their go-to argument is the fact that the Wizards did not make the playoffs and I'm like what does that have to do with Bradley Beal this is an well do you think do you think do you think award. I'm with you but do you think how much should team success be put into it there has to be a little bit, right, Renee? Well, here's the thing. You you can be a top player and you're not getting your teammates involved. So you're just getting your you're just out for yourself getting numbers, yeah. just getting your padding your stats, and you're not helping your teammates out at all. But I don't think that was the case with the Wizards. I think in the Wizards, first of all, the fact the Wizards were even in the NBA restart and in that yeah. number nine spot, it says a lot in itself. Bradley yeah. Beal got this team without John Wall, with a with a young core of, of guys who are in their rookie year, second year, really stepping up into a role of playing major minutes to the NBA restart. So, no, they did not make the playoffs, but he got them in position to make the playoffs. 
And you could argue, had he been in the restart, that they they might win at least some of the games needed to be able to beat out a team like the Magic and, and get that eighth seed. So, yeah. you know, you have to wonder. I mean, he, he really did all he can do. He set them up as best as he could. It's not like they were sitting – I look at, like, Trey Young and the Hawks. You know, they're not sitting at the, the bottom of the, of the conference. They were a team that was at least in the mix. So, no, they, he didn't get them to the playoffs, but he got them as close as he possibly could get them. They were yeah. right there on the outside looking in. So, I, I, yeah, I, I'm big, I, yeah as you can see, I'm big on comparing players. And if you're comparing Bradley Beal and Trey Young, the thing is, is, like, I feel that Bradley Beal could be more conducive to winning a title because Trey Young on the defensive end, such a great offensive talent. He's almost invisible and help side. He's, it's hard for him to guard right now. So I think that's the biggest difference between them two, you know, especially when you're thinking big picture and championship. But Dre Young is an amazing talent as well. He is. He is. He's a very good player. And yeah. I, I do think that Bradley Beal, as you mentioned, having more of a, the pieces to make him a true yeah. fit for a championship contending yes. team. Yes. That's all the more re- I mean, he's at, he's had one of the highest points per game in the league for a reason. You know, yeah. and, and he's getting assists and rebounds and he plays well on the defensive side. Again, it's not like he's just out getting 30 points a night and doing nothing else. So yeah. he literally left it all on the floor for his team and, and, and did everything he could. So I think that, you know, to me, it's, it's almost a lazy argument when people make that like, oh, well, the Wizards didn't even make the playoffs. So what? The Wizards are at least in the conversation. It's they like the Mike, it's like the Mike. It's like the Mike LeBron thing. Six rings, six for six. He's yeah. better. I'm not saying who's better right now. I'm just saying that's a lazy argument. It's a lazy <laughs> argument because, yeah, and, yeah. and I agree. And, and that's actually my argument with the LeBron versus MJ argument, which by the way, for the record, I am, I am fully under, I'm team LeBron when it comes to this argument, but I do also just recognize greatness. And I think we, I know we love to compare players, but they're two different. When, when you are comparing players across eras that are two different style of players, yeah. If not, Mike and Kobe's a better comparison. They play so similar. They yeah. they had the same type. I mean, of game. Kawhi and Jordan play more similar. You know, yeah. even though LeBron I mean, obviously and Jordan are two different types of beasts. Yeah, yeah. So yes, but that's a whole other conversation we yeah, can get definitely. to. But definitely. in terms of looking at um, Bradley Beal and and being an All NBA player, to me, when you look at an All NBA player, we're looking at the individual, the end, and that is why on my show I said that earlier when the awards came out. You cannot argue that Giannis is the MVP over LeBron because he helped the Bucks get the number one overall record, best record. That's not a reason. I mean, yes, he did. Don't get me wrong. But are you saying he's a better player than LeBron? No, he's not. So if we're, what are we going? What do we, we need to figure out what we're basing this off of. Is it stats? Is it just stats? Because if we're just looking at numbers, you and I both know there are players that might have great numbers, but not, might not be a good teammate. Might not be a good player. You could get you could get some good numbers, and maybe your schedule's not the same or whatever. And I'm not saying this for any of these players. I'm just saying in general, we know stats aren't everything. Right, right. I'm with you. Like I think my direct quote was, if I'm not mistaken, from months back, is that no matter who wins the, no matter who wins the award, LeBron is the most valuable player. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So in terms of Bradley Beal not getting All NBA, and I know I had a whole show around that, um, his getting snubbed yet again. You know, I, I do think it's only going to be something that motivates him. And now coming into uh, this season, up 
upcoming season will give him a chance to now use that as something to prove, you know, another, another aspect that he has to prove in his game to show, you know what, not only am I going to get the, my team to the playoffs, but I'm also going to show you why I'm an all-star and an all NBA player and give you no reason to continue to just overlook me. So I think that's going to be something we see as a big boost. So we will continue to see what happens around the Wizards, the NBA, and so much more, especially this offseason. Thank you, Andrew, for joining us for another day. Guys, be sure to follow him on all social media at Combos Court. And also, be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on Wizards as we're bringing you the latest each and every day around the Wizards, the NBA, DC Sports, and more. So far, a lot of our takes, whether it was mine or guests, we've actually been pretty spot on, to say the least. We have been like right on, even the, the news that broke today, uh, Friday around the Clippers and looking at the behind the scenes stuff going on with Kawhi Leonard and Lou Williams and everything that was said and shared. Pretty safe to say we are accurate in our, in our discussion. And we actually were recording this edition on Thursday. So we were talking around just how eye-opening it was that Kawhi Leonard was not stepping up as a leader. And then an article came out around Kawhi Leonard living in San Diego, coming late to practices, not showing up for practices. You know, of course, the load management, not playing in games and just a lot of the off court uh, issues that have kind of been coming out around the Clippers, which says a lot about why their team chemistry is and was the way that we saw it in the restart, especially in the playoffs. So Sometimes we get it right here on Locked on Wizards. And by sometimes, I mean a lot of times. So hit that subscribe button to keep up with all we've got going on as we are continuing to discuss the news that's going on around the league. We will also on Monday be getting into more around the Clippers, what what it means bringing in Ty Lue, our thoughts on Ty Lue stepping in as the new head coach for the next five years, and then also updating you on some other breaking stories. But you've got to listen to hear what those are. So I hope you guys have a great weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another edition. And I will see you guys right back here on Monday. Washington out. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.